On today's podcast, we are going to be talking the Cubs-Cardinals series this weekend, what both teams need to do getting closer to the trade deadline, a little purple rain talk, Colorado Rockies, uh, going to break down the Yankees-White Sox deal as well as J.D. Martinez to Arizona. Then we're getting into Hugh Freeze and Hookergate and Kyrie Irving once out of Cleveland. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and joining us today, lead baseball analyst and host of Punting Thrones, Lucas Jones. Lucas, what's up? Not much, man. It's freaking hot out here. Yes, it is. And you know what else is hot? The Cardinals' eighth inning bats. (laughs) They were very hot today. That was unusual for the Cubs' bullpen to do that. Yeah. So I figured that you had been in a couple of Twitter wars, maybe a Facebook war, and but nothing today, huh? No, not really. Just ranting. Yeah, so what did you think about Jake Arrieta's start? It was good. Just real good. His classic, well, still threw a lot of pitches, but his stuff was working. And, you know, this is a string of starts for him now, about five or six in a row. That's been real good. And that's what the Cubs are going to need if they're going to win the division. You know, in the last, I can't even remember. Well, at least since the All-Star break, I think the starters have like a two ERA. So, yeah, that's and promising. that's something we haven't got to talk about yet was the Quintana deal. And I have been waiting to talk about that just specifically to get your thoughts. Oh, it's classic Theo move. Classic Everybody wanted Quintana. Even the Cardinals wanted Quintana. Oh, yeah. And the Yankees wanted him. Uh, the Astros wanted him. And Theo just came in and said, oh, well, here's our top two prospects. Or yeah. at least, you know, our, our top hitter and our top pitcher anyways. And the Red Sox – or the White Sox said, okay. And, you know, I, I, I felt like that Theo gave up enough where they, maybe he should have tried to get Robertson or Conley in there or something. But, you know, I'm not going to be – I mean, it's whatever because you get three more seasons on top of the rest of this year at Quintana. Yeah. He's only owed like $35 million. Basically, he's owed the same amount that Gronky makes in one year. <laughs> and the Cubs are getting him for three years and two months. So – that's, and that's what Theo's plan was, is to get a controllable starter because Arietta and Lackey's going to be gone after this year. And that just pretty much left Hendricks and Lester. So Theo's still looking to make a trade for another starter. I don't know if they got enough for Sonny Gray. Um, I think he could get he could get Verlander for probably what he would have to give up a whole lot if he'd eat the whole money. I think the Tigers will they just want to cut payroll, I think, at this point. They talked a big game about maybe they want a good prospect or a top prospect for Verlander, and they didn't want to eat any money, but that's not how it works. Oh, yeah. Verlander's owed $70 million or whatever, plus an option that he can pick up if he finishes in the top five of the Cy, of the Cy Young Award. So, you know, if someone wants to eat that $70 million, then Tigers kind of just need to take what they get. Yeah, I completely agree. And another thing, while we're uh, bleeding blue to start this podcast, 
what what is the state of the Cubs farm system right now? Because the Cubs farm system for you know the last three or four years has been stacked. Schwarber, Bryant, Hap, uh, Russell, you know they were loaded with all these guys, and you kind of look down there now, and maybe they don't have the uh, top ranked prospects like they did after making this last trade. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about their farm system right now? Right now, they don't have any top 100 prospects, but they have several players that I was reading about. They said if you did just the prospect rankings based on, like, you know, 23 years old and younger type guys, that they're loaded again. Wow. So they think that they think that was, you know, in two or three years, they'll probably have an actual top another top five or seven system the CEO stops trading out of it but you know mostly the system now is stacked with pitching guys that you know the last two drafts have went heavily pitcher and so and most of them were college arms so they don't need as long to season yeah so if they play good they'll shoot up the rankings fast oh um, definitely but I don't see it as a problem because you have so many young, under-30 position players that have shown that they're, you know, may not be superstars, but they're definitely major league caliber talent, slightly above average guys. Yeah. You have control for the next four or five years. Well, it took Theo three or four years to build the system. So by the time some of these guys, you know, realistically, he's not going to be able to sign them all to contracts after there are beers but you know he's got time to rebuild that system up if he wants to so there's nothing to worry about you got you know Baez and Bryant Russell Rizzo's our age yeah Jason Hayward for that matter Schwarber you know he's, he's got talent a big Willie he got talent there on the major league roster so you don't have to look you know, we're not checking to see what so-and-so is doing in Iowa every day like we used to, like I remember before Brian got called up or Russell, Russell Schwarber, Hap, always checking the minor leagues. So what's going on? What's going on? That's really not a concern right now. Yeah, that's a good place to be in. You don't really need that. You're not looking down. You're looking at what your roster is there at Wrigley. And I think He's that's a good a place for – a five-year window here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all those guys, uh, what's this, Bryant's second full season? Because they held him down in the minors to not get that full season uh, the first year. Is that right? right. Yeah, so yes. second full season. So, whew. So, I mean, he'll take us into after, you know, twenty after 2021 is when things will start getting who can they afford to keep, who do they have to let go, things like that. So, I mean, it's just something to keep the eye on for the future, but they're set for the next couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they got the money. They got money to sign and someone this offseason to be another starting pitcher, but, you know, a top three of Lester, Quintana, Kyle Hendricks is not the worst top three in the majors. Oh, yeah, not at all. Not at all. So one more thing on the Cubs before we get moving on. Uh, so there, that was their first – today was their first loss – lost since the all-star break uh six and one since the break they're 49 46 a game and a half behind milwaukee and if i were the cubs i would be feeling really good about where i'm at right now 
And if I were the Brewers, I would be crapping myself because this is what you and I have talked about all season is the Cubs are eventually going to somewhat get back to form. And One week ago, they were five and a half games back. Woo! That's making up a lot of ground in a hurry. And if the Brewers win tonight, they'll be two games up, which I'd rather be two games than five and a half any, any time of the week. Yeah, so I think the Cubs are in a pretty good position moving forward, especially after the Quintana deal. Uh, I think that, you know, kind of what you and I have talked about all season is going to happen, especially if the Brewers can't make a deal. Uh, But, you know, they're building for the future, so no shame there. But now I'm going to get on the Cardinals. Uh, The Cardinals, whew, there was the, uh, the whole controversy with Matt Carpenter getting pissed off at Trevor Rosenthal for not covering first base. Uh, it's just beating a dead horse at the point to say anything about Matheny, Carpenter, or team continuity. It's just not there. They're 47-49. and 49. They're somehow, somehow only four games out behind Milwaukee right now. You know, in most years, if you're 47-49, and 49, you're really looking to sell and looking forward to next season. But the Central, as we've talked about on here before, has been a little bit down. I did see the Cardinals made a little bit of a, a minor league trade today. They traded Marco Gonzalez to Seattle for the number 75 prospect in baseball. I did not write down his first name, but his last name is O'Neill. And so I think that's a good return for Marco Gonzalez. I mean, he's been up and down for four-plus years now, and when he's been up, he hasn't been healthy. So... I'm guessing they decided that he wasn't going to be part of the future and the rotation and decided to go get something for him. So, not a bad deal. Probably not what a lot of Cardinals fans were hoping for at the deadline, but uh, it's most something. Of them seem, most of them seem pretty happy with it. Some some ranking systems have him as the 30th, 30th prospect in baseball. Um, well, I, I was using MLB.com. So I mean, there's a vary there, but... You know, I think the Mariners were looking for whatever reason. They must have not believed him anymore and thought Marco could help them this year. Yeah. Because they were looking for arms this year. Um, but, yeah, the Cardinals, like, they already have an outfield lock jam right now. Like, yeah. You know, Richa gets to play whenever he's healthy and not demoted. And Piscotty signed that long deal. And you got Fowler with the long deal he signed. I think got Tommy Pham, who's playing better than all of them. I was going to say, I think that a lot of people would say Pham's having the best season of anybody, and a lot of Cardinals fans Maybe would say they, they want to see Tommy Pham in the lineup before any of those other guys. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, Dexter Fowler's your three-hole hitter right now, so yeah, you don't want to bench him. <laughs> uh, you know, they – I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the uh, Piscotty and Gritchuk for – Ozuna and Yellick trade is going to go through. <laughs> they might throw this guy in there on – I did see an interesting theory. I think it might have been – if someone on one of the radio stations or something in St. Louis thought that this Tyler O'Neill guy may just be one of them you're trading for because you're getting ready to trade him for somebody. Hmm. Someone said he could be part of the package sent back to the Marlins for Stanton, which <sighs> – I just don't know if the Cardinals are really would take on all of Stanton's money. What did I see? He still had left ten years, two hundred ninety million on that deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the Cardinals did it, they'd have their three-hole hitter, but they're not going to be. 
I mean, that pretty much seems like the way their front office works now. That'll pretty much draft them as far as signing any other significant free agents. Yeah, well, you know, there's two ways to look at that. Uh, there is that way where they're not going to be players for anybody. But let's be realistic. Who are the Cardinals getting that's going to make a big dent in free agency anyway, even without the Stanton $29 million a year? They've gone after every name on the market or been connected to every name on the market for the last five years, and they've gotten Fowler and Mike Leake, which nothing yeah. against those guys, but they're not getting a game changer in free agency. They didn't. I mean, and that, and they offered money to several guys. They Hayward. Price, Hayward. Some other big name, too. It's on the tip of my tongue. Hi. Um, but they've offered, they've offered money. Yeah. And they ain't really got nothing for it. And then it kind of seems like they went in a different direction. Okay, we got Mike Leak on, you know, a deal that's okay. And you got Dexter Fowler, which, you know, I probably because didn't love Dexter Fowler. Um, at 32 years old, five years is tough sell. Oh, yeah. The Cubs couldn't do it for financial reasons. We've been over why they couldn't sign Fowler. But, and it's, it, but then they've used that money they otherwise would have spent to lock up society who – you know, even on that, it was a pretty fair deal he signed. He hasn't lived up to it. And they locked in Seamark with some of that extra money. Yeah. So that was a good signing. You know, they went ahead and they went ahead and locked Yachty up for $60 million. I thought Jesus. that was kind of an overpay. You and me both. But oh, here's the key question, though, is and Cardinal fans don't like thinking about not missing the playoffs and selling and stuff because they all have these. We own October shirts, or they got that <laughs> one that you laughed at so hard that was like October again or something, you know? Yeah, that one really pissed me off. Phil, there is not. You guys could, yeah. Could you guys beat the Cubs and the Brewers out this season? Yeah. If the Cubs turn around, their hot streak they just had's not for real? Yeah, sure. If the Brewers don't make a deal or two, I think they might fall off. But if you make the playoffs, you ain't going to do nothing but get creamed. Oh, yeah. By the Nats or the Dodgers. And yeah. I'm not even saying the Cubs could beat them. The Cubs have in the playoffs. They've been there lately, and they know what it's like. And I like their I like their chances in October better than I do the Cardinals. But the Cardinals could have, you know, a, a playoff team. But they don't have a World Series winning team. No, they don't at all. World Series teams don't gripe at their closer for not covering first base to the media. They don't make lackadaisical base running and fielding errors every single game. They're just not. You know, the funniest the, the funniest thing out of that what happened yesterday was I've seen several people retreat this guy that's like, so how's Matt Carpenter going to feel if his closer comes out and talks about all the mistakes he makes? Can't play defense <laughs> in three positions. Gets thrown out more than anybody making bad base running errors. You know, like, that's something that I know the media is going to ask every player about that after the game. Well, what about Rosenthal not covering the back? That's a loaded question. Yeah, but that's Carpenter bit. Something like the whole team could work on the whole team could work on fundamentals, you know, it's team effort, something like that, not just throwing. Because to me it sounded like he kind of threw him under the bus though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Which they're all major leaguers, and Rosenthal should have been covering the back. Yeah, everybody he should have. knows that, and I don't feel bad for Matt Carpenter. And I don't think he's a piece of shit for saying what he did, but he bit into that loaded question. 
Oh that was yeah. A loaded question. Cardinals Twitter has surprisingly, and I didn't think this would ever happen, turned on Matt Carpenter. Well, it's not just Twitter. Uh, I played in the baseball game with several guys a couple weeks ago, mostly Cardinal fans, and they're done with them. Oh, they don't yeah. Like them. I know guys at work that they're like, he's a clog, get him out of there. So I just never thought it would happen. He's kind of been a fan favorite the last five or six years, and uh, just I think his inability to hit anywhere but lead off and – his spotty defense he, everywhere. He's a defensive liability no matter where you put him. Oh, he's yeah. He's not quite good enough hitter to be a DH. Yeah. So, so I, I think, don't know what you do with him. Yeah, I know. I And I, to, to the whole Stanton point, I have long since just kind of scoffed at the whole idea of them getting Stanton or any real player for that reason. But if they could do it in a trade, I say go for it. Eat the 10 years, the $290 million. They're not going to get Machado. They're not going to get Bryce Harper. They'll never get Chris Bryant, Mike Trout. They have nobody to hit third in the minors. We've talked about this. There's no great transcendent talent in the minor leagues right now. So go for it. They're not going to do it any other way. And I'm tired of seeing Fowler hit third. One thing that we were assuming is that Stanton – will go to St. Louis. Yeah, and he, he may, may not. not want to. Yeah, who would blame yeah, him right you know, now? He may say, find me a team that, you know, players talk to each other. If there's a, if the players don't like Matheny or something, Stanton knows about it. And that's just pure guessing right now because they may love Mike Matheny. I don't know what the inner clubhouse attitude is. Yeah. But, you know, Stanton's not happy in Miami right now. And, but I don't know if anyone else wants to take his money, and the Marlins aren't going to offer to eat any of it. Oh, yeah. They can't afford to. They're trying to sell their team, and he's the cause of their massive debt right now. So, I don't know. It's tough to say what will happen. Do the Cardinals need a three-hole hitter? Absolutely. Um, that's not Yellick. That could be Ozuna. But they're going to have to give up a lot to get either one of them. Stanton comes cheaper prospect-wise, but you got to eat his money. That's just the bottom line on any of the Marlins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let's get on to a little Purple Rain, a little Colorado Rockies talk for our first-time listeners. Uh, so, you know, everyone's saying the Rockies need to make a trade, the Rockies need to make a trade. And then I found this awesome, awesome trade proposal by a Cardinals blogger the other day. I sent it to you, and I'm sure if anybody saw my Twitter two days ago, you probably saw it. But they proposed uh, the Cardinals trade Lance Lynn and Sung Wan Oh to the Rockies for Brennan Rogers, Riley Pint, and uh, Bowen, a uh, left-handed pitcher. But Rogers is the number 10 prospect in baseball. Pint is the number 41 prospect in baseball. Lance Lynn is a free agent to be. So I just happened to get on there and made the – what I thought was a pretty reasonable comment, no way the Rockies are trading the number 10 and 41 prospects in baseball for uh, three months of Lance Lynn and Sung Wan Oh, who the Cardinals want to get rid of because of his inconsistent bullpen pitching. And, I mean, this guy, I'll give it to him. He uh, he stuck to it, but then Rockies Twitter got a hold of it yesterday and just destroyed all of Cardinal Nation for it. And I, I, 
I had to laugh even as a Cardinal fan because they were talking about uh, <laughs> they're going to trade Brandon Rogers to the Cardinals for a signed Yadier Molina baseball. <laughs> I figured you would get get a good kick out of that one, Lucas. Oh, yeah. Well, here's here's a couple of points to make. The first point is any blogs we write, our podcasts and stuff, we're going to be real. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. We're not going to do this. This is what should happen. You know, we'll think it through. And, Devin, you know as well if, if you come up with something that I see an obstacle to that actually works, uh, I'll tell you about it and vice versa. Yeah. You know. And and I'm sure every fan base has their fans that overvalue their players and, you know, thinks that whatever they come up with is fine. But you got to take in – and I was trying to explain this on Facebook on, to some some fans of, you know, that are not Cubs fans. Um, you know, you got to take in salary, the payroll of the team, what their farm system looks like, how much is left on salaries of players they'd be getting back and stuff like that. The Rockies are not going to be spending $190 million a year Yeah, to give up two of the top 50 prospects in baseball for two months of Lance Lynn. Um, they're not going to do that. Yeah. The Rockies just won't. They know Brandon Rogers is in their future. I do not expect them to trade him unless they're getting, you know, maybe Sonny Gray back. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, like I told the guy on Twitter, if you're trading a top 10 prospect in baseball, you should expect a controllable quality asset. Is that not I mean, fair? Exactly. I mean, and the Rockies have guys in their system that is that are not them two guys that could get Lance Lynn back. Make oh, a yeah. mistake about it. But you're not trading the number 10 prospect in baseball. I mean – you know, Eloy Jimenez was top ten prospect, and he wasn't even enough to get Quintana. Yeah. You know, so you're not going. So even you know, the Rockies are going to give a top ten guy and another guy that's in the top forty. Because I don't even think Cease is in the top forty. He's probably in the top one hundred, but he wasn't in the top forty. That's what got Quintana back. So if the Rockies are going to trade two of their top fifty, they want somebody with two at at least minimum two more years of control after this year. That's why I'm saying they could possibly trade him for Sonny Gray, but I haven't even seen any of them rumors. So I I just don't think the Rockies are looking to trade him. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And as I pointed out whenever I was talking to some Rockies fans and a ro- couple of Rockies bloggers yesterday, they have $38 million coming off the books after this year for money they're still paying Jose Reyes and then Carlos Gonzalez. So I don't yeah, know why not. you would mortgage your future with more money coming off the books. You got another year of arbitration eligibility for Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado, so Right. So I mean you can make it that the Rockies need to go for it this year or next year, but they're not going to sacrifice their future for just this year. Not not Rogers. He's you know, he's good. And he's going to have his future there because I'm not sold on Trevor's story. Yeah, I'm not either. And I looked from the interactions we had on Twitter that not all Rockies fans are sold on him either. Likely, LeMahieu walks after next year, and Trevor's story moves over to second base, and Rodgers will take over shortstop. Yeah, I could. And that's the cheaper option because they're not going to re-sign LeMahieu because they're going to be trying to focus their money on – 
signed, <laughs> making sure Arenado signs long term with him because if he doesn't, they have to start shopping him. Oh yeah, no doubt. Him and Charlie Blackman both. So, and uh, you know, guys, I look at this stuff and try to come up with coherent arguments. The cheapest thing, if you guys don't like it, tell me. But don't say surprised you ain't working in front office somewhere. Like you know, I got this old guy who's pissed off at me. That you know, he's pissed off because he's a Bengals fan and he didn't like it when I talked about how Andy Dalton can't win in the playoffs, which is a fact. Fact. You know, so he's been just pissed off after me. He's a Reds fan, and that's his comeback for anybody that tries talking prospects. But trades make sense, money and stuff. He just thinks everyone that has an opinion, unless it's his opinion, you know, then that one's okay. Uh, you know, I'm not just talking out my ass. I look at these things. I look at farm systems, what trades make sense. I read every baseball writer there is every day, guys. These things that we're talking about is probably the most truth you're going to get. Oh, yeah. And it was like I advertised our podcast on Twitter the other day. If you want good, unregionally biased baseball talk, come to the Fumbling Punter. Yeah, that's what I offer. Like, I tell everybody, oh, I'd hate it if the Cardinals got Stanton. I wouldn't like it. Like, yeah, you know, maybe I can hope for the best, which is he only plays 110 games. But, you know, if they get Ozuna or someone like that, I would be like, man, that sucks. Cause that's a huge dagger. Oh, but, yeah. And when I say the Cardinals should sell, that's from a baseball standpoint. If, you know, if I'm being biased, I'd be like, no, they just should say, Pat, make no moves, whatever, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But if you want to be, if you want to be good, you know, they need to sell off some of these guys because you got to realistically look at your team. Could they make the playoffs? You know, I like we said earlier, realistically, they probably could. I don't know. They could win the division maybe, but they're not a World Series winning team. And I don't even know at this point if the Cubs are. If they play blistering baseball the next two months, it may change my mind. But right now, to me, in the National League, it looks like the Dodgers and the Nationals will be in the championship series. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, let's uh... – this kind of transitions pretty well into my next point. What do you think about the uh, J.D. Martinez trade? Um, well, apparently the Tigers didn't get a whole lot for him. I think there was one guy in that trade they kind of liked, but most of the baseball people are kind of saying, oh, they really didn't get a lot for him. For the Diamondbacks, I like it. Because one, it keeps them away from any of the other National League teams that may have been looking for some power, like the Cardinals or – you never know with the Nationals. They've had some outfield injuries. Yeah. And maybe they would have. But there's not. there wasn't a huge market for sluggers. There really isn't right now. So the Tigers didn't get a great return on them, but they got something for him because he was a free agent at the end of the year, and they weren't going to have the money to resign him because they're looking to cut payroll by a lot. Oh, yeah. And that's what kind of what you talked about earlier with Verlander as well. Uh, do you think Sonny Gray is going to get traded, Lucas? Yes, that, that he's been pitching well in the Oakland Athletics. One hundred percent have to trade him. Yeah, uh, I've seen that the Brewers could be an interesting trade partner. I've heard the most likely team to get him is the Astros. Have you heard any other teams in connection? The Yankees. Oh yeah. Um, the A's had some scouts at some of their minor league games last night. Um, which, of course, this time of the year, every team's probably got scouts at every minor league game. So, I mean, that may not be just, you know, breaking news. Um, 
I think the Cubs are probably still checking in, just seeing what's up. Um, but Sonny Gray has to be traded. He's going to get a bigger return now than he will in the winter. Um, the A's, they, they just, you know, they're always perpetually having to trade their guys that are getting ready to walk to try to get something back from them. Um, but let me throw another name out there for you. You Darvish. Oh, we've talked to you Darvish before. Well, the Rangers have said they are doing preliminary talks. Just they haven't made up a decision yet if they're going to sell. But they started doing talks. The Cubs have checked in. And I'm sure several other teams have checked in since the news broke. They don't want to be caught, you know, come July 31st. And they keep losing. They don't want to be caught, you know, with just no idea what he's worth. And run out of the chance of getting to them. Um, now I'm hearing that they may not have a chance to re-sign him. They don't know if they got money to re-sign him or not. Ooh. So if that's the case, you're already thinking, then you have to trade Oh, yeah. yeah. And the Rangers have some other guys that can be traded, I think. If they want to start, you know, they don't need a rebuild. They need more like a retool. But they'll have suitors for you, Darvish. Um, some would probably take Cole Hamels, but they said they weren't going to trade him. And, you know, but one something that keeps coming to my mind, which I've heard nothing about, but why wouldn't they see if they could trade Adrian Beltre if they're going to trade Oh, man. That would probably be tough from, like, an emotional standpoint. He's so close to 3,000. Uh, how many hits is he away now? Or I don't even know, but he's within 20, I think. Yeah. So that one may just so, be a tough emotional trade. It would, but there's teams out there that he's good defensively and still has a decent bat. He did just sign an extension with them, so that may be a little rich for some teams. I'm not sure, but... You know, what about a reunion with the Red Sox? They're looking for a third baseman. That's who I was just thinking about. Okay. so And, you know, when Devers comes up, Beltre could DH. Yeah. I guess Hanram, you know, whatever, he could still DH, I guess. I don't know. I'm just – I was just, you know, playing what if. Oh, yeah. So, after the Yankees-White Sox trade, I got to look in – well, the Yankees-White Sox trade and, of course, the Quintana deal to the Cubs – Look there at the White Sox and their farm system. Whew. They are um, loaded. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say Rick Hahn has had the best uh, last year of anyone in baseball. He's done a fantastic job of taking his assets and turning them into future assets. Yeah. Um, because not only are you getting a bunch of prospects in return, you're cutting payroll. Um, which will allow him to actually be a big player in the 2018 uh, market of free agents. Um, but yeah, they got like eight top 100 prospects now. Uh, I'm I'm looking 70 or something. I looked on uh, I'm on MLB.com on my phone right now. Bad radio. There are they have ten of the top 67 prospects on MLB.com. Okay, well, see, some places have them having ten. Um, yeah. Maybe that's what they've traded for is having. But, yeah, Dylan Seas, Eloy, uh, Moncada, Kopex, uh Robert. They signed Robert. Uh, you know, they got that Giolito. Yep. Dane Dunning. Uh, Rutherford. I mean, all the guys they've gotten are guys that are really highly thought of. Um, Rutherford, you know, he's a – I mean, he's a top prospect. 
um, he's a ways away, but I mean, he's he's up there prospect wise. You know, that was a pretty good return for two relievers and Todd Frazier, I think. Oh, um, I agree. They maybe could have got more, but at this point, I don't know. Um, they still got guys they can flip now. Melky Cabrera is not going to bring a stud back. Tyler Clipper, Derek Holland, they're not going to bring those studs back. But at this point, you're just looking to fill out your system with guys that maybe could have a chance. Um, you know. What do you think they do with Abreu? Do they think they just hold on to him? I mean, there's not a huge trade market for first baseman. Yeah, there's not a huge trade. He's kind of having a down year compared to his first year or two he had. Um, I think they hold on to him unless they think they're going to lose him real soon for some whatever reason. I don't know what his deal's through. But I think they hold on to him. And I think they almost have to because that's one of the reasons that Robert signed with him with fellow Cubans. I think yeah. that gave him I think that gave him an, them an edge over a lot of the other teams Yeah, that was trying to get him. So I think they hold on to him. But, you know, cutting payroll and got prospects they're going to be looking pretty good in 2019 2020 maybe a little sooner but probably around 19 or 20 they'll be doing really well probably about the time the cubs are going to start making a bunch of decisions oh a little role reversal there in chicago maybe it could be <laughs> okay so let's get on to the big news out of oxford mississippi so hugh freeze uh I'm just going to go through with what he accomplished first. He beat Nick Saban twice. No one else in the SEC uh, has beat him twice. I believe I saw that Gus Malzahn and Kevin Sumlin were the only two current head coaches to beat Nick Saban in the SEC. So just chew on that for a minute. Uh, it, man, he was his tenure at Ole Miss was marred with ridiculous things. There was the... Robert Kimdichie uh, hotel event where I don't re- I don't even remember all the details around that. I like fell out of window after doing like synthetic marijuana or something. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, then there was Laramie Tunsil's draft night, which I thought was going to bring Old Miss to its knees. The between the gas mask bong and the text messages of Old Miss uh, coaching staff paying for his mother's rent. And who would have thought of all people to be able to bring down Hugh Freeze? It would be good old Houston Nutt. So Houston Nutt, if you all haven't seen, filed a lawsuit uh, against the uh, University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, in which they apparently whenever he was fired, there was something in, a, in his contract that said if he was to be fired, that the university couldn't say anything about his tip anything negative about his tenure at the University of Mississippi without breaching the contract, essentially. And so they had obtained six days of Hugh Freeze's phone records. This is what kills me, Lucas. He had the chance to redact personal phone calls, and he did not redact the hooker call. Yeah, he must have forgot about it or something. I don't know. Uh you know, that was kind of the – it reminded me of when uh, Jerry Springer paid for a hooker with a personal check. <laughs> Talk about paper tell. This was before – I think this was before he got huge on TV as Jerry Springer, the TV guy. Yeah. Because people often forget that he was, a, he was the mayor of Cincinnati for a while. Like, oh, that's I, I even forgot. Kind of big name. 
So it's just kind of, you know, when you mess around with stuff like that, you know, you can't be leaving paper trails and phone trails. I bet I'm an expert, but that's just something you don't do. Yeah, that that seems like the best way to leave a paper trail. Outside of maybe using your university paid cell phone, which all of your phone records are susceptible to the sunshine law. Right. So, not wise. And then, of course, no, uh, Ross Bjork uh, said that they investigated his personal phone and it was a pattern and he couldn't, they didn't feel confident in him leading the University of Mississippi football program anymore. And Hugh Freeze resigned. So, man, nothing like, I mean, craziness in the SEC and it's only July? Yeah, um, you know, I wasn't shocked. I thought he would have been shit-canned after all that stuff came out with Tunsil and yeah. the university be under investigation and things like that. So this was kind of a the raises of an eyebrow. Ole Miss was okay with the violations, which in a lot of places are because there ain't a college around that isn't committing violations of some sort when it comes to recruiting or whatever you're allowed to do with your players. Um, but, you know, it, I don't know. You know, I was shocked he was still the coach anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't believe. I mean, you know, he was a good coach. He had a couple of top five recruiting classes. You don't see that a lot at Ole Miss. Right. Uh, but is what he did any worse than what Bobby Petrino did? Or anybody, you know. Rick Petino for that matter. Or Rick Petino, or, you know, anybody – you know, it's like what he did, in my eyes, not that bad. I could see why the university wanted him gone. But, you know, here's a guy who a couple years from now will be here in some, you know, smaller type school just dominating or whatever, and he'll be the coach of them. Yeah. He'll have to do a redemption, but he'll be back. He may not be back big time in the SEC, but there are redemption stories on would you be surprised if after this season Bobby Petrino becomes head coach of Ole Miss? You know, Maybe I've heard want to stay away from him because of his stuff. But yeah. I've heard some names. I've heard Bobby Petrino is really happy in Louisville. That just the support system that Louisville's given him. That he seems like he's planted his roots for the rest of his career. A couple of surprise names, and they're both on the redemption trail. And neither one just for being an asshole, and the other for just being a bad football coach. Lane Kiffin, Joey Riverwater, as he will be known in Oxford, and Derek Dooley, the former head coach of Tennessee, who took over after Lane Kiffin left and is now the Cowboys wide receivers coach. Um, I think Lane Kiffin will definitely be interested in that job. Oh, no doubt. I think both he of those guys would be. followed a bunch of Ole Miss Twitter accounts. Oh, has he? Four of them, yes. His most recent, four most recent follows are Ole Miss-related accounts, one of them the official Ole Miss account. Joey Riverwater. I don't think he's, he's going to coach this year where in Central Florida or South uh, Florida, wherever FAU, Florida Atlantic. And and that's, okay, yeah, whatever. One of the Florida schools, they have a shit ton of schools. I get confused sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it'll be, it'll be in the offseason likely because he's not going to up and just leave Florida before the season, and he's not going to take an Ole Miss job without seeing what kind of sanctions they get. Because if they get a bunch of sanctions slapped on him, he's not going to want to enter that mess again. 
to happen to him at USC. Yeah, he I, he had a pretty bad situation handed to him at USC. So sticking with college football, you wanted to talk a little OJ. <laughs> the juice is loose. The juice is loose. Come October, anyways. Yeah. He got granted parole yesterday, which will never. It doesn't make sense to me. If you get granted parole, why don't you just get to leave? Why does he have to do two and a half more months in prison? Yeah, do I, you know. I have no idea the legality behind that. To me, that seems dangerous. Oh to me, it yeah, seems like some pissed other off, some pissed off prisoner is going to try to pick fights with him and stuff to get the decisions reversed or kill him or something like that. If I you know, you know, I feel like if you get paroled, you ought to be able to leave that day. Yeah, so best thing I saw on Twitter about this was someone said that uh, O.J. should have to spend the rest of his life behind bars for making the Kardashians famous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that is pretty much true. They, that's how people know Robert Kardashian from the, the trial. Like, that's yeah. what got the Kardashians famous. Yeah. And then, you know, so, and then that's what gave us, you know, well... I guess Bruce Jenner was kind of famous, but he stayed in the public eye because of the Kardashians, not because people care about Trackstar from 40 years ago, because they don't. Yeah. But <laughs> So, yeah, thanks, OJ. Yeah. All right, well, last thing we have on the show this Friday is Kyrie Irving reportedly once out of Cleveland. Uh, possible destinations I've heard have been uh, San Antonio, who doesn't want to go to San Antonio, Minnesota, pretty hot spot right now, and the New York Knicks. Lucas, why would anyone want to leave LeBron's side? I have no idea. It said Kyrie wants to be a focal point of the offense. Um, definitely don't think that would be in Minnesota. Uh, because no. Now they have Jimmy Butler and a bunch of other talent. Car, uh, Car- Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. Towns. Uh, Air Canada, uh, Antonio, Andrew Wiggins. San Antonio probably wouldn't mind having him, but one, Pops don't allow somebody to be a focal point of the offense. Slash, Kawhi Leonard is the focal point of that offense. Oh yeah, Kawhi Two, Leonard is. I don't think they have the money to take on his twenty million dollars. They'd have to do some sort of trade with the Cavs or something. Well, obviously it would be a trade, but I mean they'd have to get something. You know, I don't even know who they. You know, if I'm the Cavs, you know, I'd be like, well, I need Kawhi. I want Kawhi Leonard back. <laughs> yeah. Either. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you Kyrie. Give me Kawhi back. Yeah. Um. So I'm guessing that if they do pull off a trade, it'll be something with New York. Maybe a third team involved, and the Cavs end up with Carmelo, which I just hate for the Ugh. Cavs. Um. I feel like Kyrie. They need a good point guard to go with LeBron. Um. LeBron's probably leaving next year, anyways. Go to the Lakers. If they don't get anything significant in return for Kyrie and they have a bad year, he 100% will leave Cleveland. Yeah. Um, do you, so I, I mean, do you think this would, is – I don't know why – like, does Kyrie hate playing in three finals in a row? Likely four. Does yeah. he hate it? I, I don't – I don't understand it. So, do you think this is all setting up for LeBron's next exit? I, I don't see any way around it. He's going to L.A. Lakers? Yep, and he's going to play with, you know. Ooh, uh, what if he went to the Clippers? I don't know why he would now. If Chris Paul was still there, that makes sense. But I think he goes to L.A. 
plays with Alonzo. Alonzo sucks, man. Dominant. Oh, dude. Summer League. Are you kidding me? Summer League. Yeah. So what? He's awesome. I'm going to have to see him two years in the NBA before I finally buy that stock. All right, that's fine. But that's just a, he's an ESPN hate. hype machine for NBA ratings because they paid uh, $2 billion a year to, or whatever their contract was. It wasn't. Do you remember how much they paid the NBA for uh, basketball rights on ESPN? Yeah, it is in the billions. Yeah, I thought it was. I th- I mean, I didn't want to throw out a ridiculous number out there with two billion, but it was it was billions. Uh, yeah, it, it was more than it was almost probably like nine billion or something. I think. Yeah. So maybe I don't know, but I, LeBron's definitely going to LA with Paul George and Lonzo. Maybe Russ. And they don't need Russ. They got Lonzo. Russ? Oh, shut up, Lucas. Dude, dude, Russell freaking is ball hog. You got Paul George and LeBron James, so you just need a point guard that's going to be a facilitator, and that is Lonzo's game. Ooh, ooh. This is my hot take. LeBron James is going to Oklahoma City. (laughs) Well, that is probably what they'd have to do to keep for us, but... For whatever reason, Oklahoma City don't have any money and they don't have any players. It doesn't make no sense to me. Yeah. They're paying Oladipo like $20 million. I know. Which is Insane. what Kyrie Irving is making. Yeah, I don't know why they would pay Oladipo. I mean, I guess that's just how the NBA is structured right now. Dude, LeBron's going to the Lakers and he's going to start wearing big ball of brand shoes. Well, folks, that sounds like an ending to our Friday podcast. <laughs> Lucas, in all seriousness, do you have anything more before we hop off here? Nope. All right. Lucas, thanks for joining us. Everybody, have a good weekend. For Lucas Jones, I'm Devin Keeney. This has been the Fumbling Punter.